Hello and welcome to another episode of the NK Active podcast. I am Nick Podiatrist and Director here at NK Active and we are kindly joined this month by Hayley who's a second year podiatry student from the University of Southampton who's on placement with us. So this really fits with our educational theme that we've got this month. So Hayley, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing did I think you agreed? I think we just maybe oh, twisted your arm. I was coerced. But I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to be. Thank you. <laughs> so, sort of talk us through about how did you get up and end up studying podiatry? Okay. What's your journey? Um, I've gone in as a mature student. So, um, having had my own children, I kind of come to a, a bit of a crossroads I uh coming out of the baby years and um just had an opportunity to kind of consider what I wanted to do um we've had lockdown um I undertook a um diploma while uh homeschooling my own children um I knew it was going to be health-based I knew it was going to be um science-based um and yeah, when once I'd done my diploma, I kind of explored what my options were. I, I stumbled across podiatry, hadn't even heard of podiatry, to be honest. Um, explored it a little bit further and it ticked so many boxes that I just had to, to kind of go down that route. Um, yeah, and I feel like I've struck gold. Good, good. So it's interesting because when I applied to be a podiatrist, two, three months prior to that, I never even heard of what a podiatrist was it was just through random events that ended up me becoming a mm. podiatrist and I don't regret any any minutes of it so obviously you're on placements here how are things going oh it's awesome yeah this is my second placement um in a block I had um, a six-week placement uh prior to Christmas exams in the middle and then I've uh, joined NK active um after Christmas and I've absolutely loved it so far got another two weeks to go might be sad to leave we've been here four weeks already yeah wow that's that's flown by hasn't it yes yeah it has been quite varied because we've had a a cpd day mm -hmm. we've got another cpd event tomorrow yeah uh, we've got some online events that you're going to be part of we've had nail surgeries we've had general podiatry stuff case analysis rehab things so far what's been the most exciting part of it for you the discussions I think um having having been in the NHS with the um factory of people coming through the door having that space to explore people in general um what motivates people um getting people on board uh, just having those discussions where you're exploring a little bit deeper into what kind of makes people tick. I think that's been, yeah, it's just been um, a breath of fresh air, to be honest, I think. But it's definitely that approach of, is that if you have a medical emergency, mm. it's, it's quite binary, it's zero to one. You either treat it or you don't. And actually the, the person matters a bit. It, it, they don't matter as much because you have a medical emergency that takes priority but in in sort of podiatry world and then what we do here especially with the, the rehab and the strengthening side of things 
actually people I think often forget that as a human being attached to that problem. Most definitely. And I think the thing you really need to do is is learn how to build a relationship with that human being. And so you're not just treating the painful foot. You're then also helping that person along their journey. And you talk about the discussions bit, and this is why you'll notice that all of our initial consultations is is just building that rapport, having that having that chat to work out, okay, what do people want to do? Why are they here? What are the barriers? How are we going to get from A to B? And I think just trying to put that structured plan and approach. Mm-hmm. Into I think things. historically we've, as podiatrists, we're awesome at the biomechanical side of it. Yep. We know anatomy, um, we know lo- uh, the forces and loads and all of those things. And I think that is really important, but I think it sometimes can become detached from the person. And I think um, having that space to do so in in this environment and so well, yeah, I think um, yeah. Um, great. What have you seen on placement that you didn't really think you would you were expected to see here? I came quite open minded. I don't think I had any um, expectations of what you might do and yep. I don't think there is anything that's actually surprised me good um it's met all my expectations um yeah I think yeah. I don't think I've been surprised good that's that's so, good stuff mm-hmm. no no it's only because we, we offer slightly different services in the way we do we help teach people to recover from their injuries and mm. get them fitter and stronger and having the own gym on site here is just slightly different the way other people can yeah I don't think there's another podiatry um clinic that offers the same um I think they should but yeah Yeah. it it wasn't a surprise though no it's um and then there's also the other elements that, that you've been working on is also some sort of research projects and data collection stuff and because I, I think that's really important as well. Yes, seeing the patient is understanding that, but then actually working out the process of, well, we say we do X, Y, and Z, mm. but where's our evidence to show we do X, Y, and Z? And we, yeah, it's, it's always one of those projects when we have a student on placement is that there's always some data for you to start sifting through and start looking at. And how have you found all of those sort of things? Well, I think it's, it's great. You think in that you're great. Um, but if you haven't got those figures to support that, then um, I th- it's a bit shallow. And I yep. think the research does back up what you're doing here um, because you can't fudge it. You know, it is what it says. It's numbers, um, it's experiences, it's feedback from patients. Um, so trawling through those um, has been an eye-opener. And, you, yeah, you've got some good results um <laughs> thank you <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> um yeah and I think it's setting me up nicely for doing dissertation that's coming next year so it gives me um an insight to my podiatry students that are a year ahead of me and uh what they've experienced gives me a little bit of an insight to what I've got coming any well. idea what you want to do your dissertation on topic area yet I've chosen but um we haven't had our first discussion about exactly what that entails um but it's it's looking into um first line podiatry um through what is currently offered from a gp point of view and what can be taken away from that to first line podiatry 
So no, I, I think it's, looks. it's definitely an interesting topic mm. that we're where the NHS is so stretched at the moment, and it's, it's along the lines of that to try and offer good, effective healthcare. In my opinion, it's seeing the right person at the right time. And is there a way to actually say, well, if you got a foot problem, then go and see. GP may not be the best because they're not the people who can help manage that actually mm-hmm. what's the way of what's the pathway of getting you straight in front of a podiatrist as quickly as possible and is the NHS always the best provider to give that level of of care and have they got the structure and the resources to do with that and so it's definitely a an interesting thing because I think the um the healthcare demands of the nation have changed significantly over the last sort of 30, 40 years. But then also, and I think also things have changed again since coming out of the tail end of this, the strange few years we had during the, during the pandemic. Mm. Is there anything else that you would have wanted to see or learn or pick up on placement that didn't quite happen yet? I'm not sure that there is. I mean, I've, I've, learn a lot from just observing hearing um i've got a lot of opportunity also to uh practice so charlie's been really great at kind of giving me scenarios role plays it's not my favorite place to be but you know like the role play scenario but you know it does give me an opportunity to um practice my um motivational interviewing techniques, um, history taking, all of those detective work that um, I can carry to anywhere that I end up working. Yeah, it's funny you say detective. I had a patient who we managed virtually who worked in the homicide department for LAPD. And they, I think they found me for a blog I wrote and we'd done some virtual rehab and consultations and, and whatnot. And we actually then actually had a long discussion on about how actually his job as a homicide detective is very similar to what myself as a podiatrist does in that it's all the answers I need are sat in front of me. You just got to ask the right questions and do the right amount of listening. It goes back to that whole, whole saying you've got two ears and one mouth. So maybe use them in that, that Mm. order because actually the person in front of you will give you all of the answers you need you've got to find a way of sort of unlocking it and sort of piecing out the bits of information and it's surprising need. what comes out the woodwork later on and you're like mm. i could have asked that question and got to their answer quicker um you know and they just put these gems in and i'm like oh yeah makes sense. and, and it's, it's the gems that they mm. they think is just a, a throwaway comment yeah but actually to them doesn't mean but actually for us is sort of the final piece in the puzzle to piece everything Mm. together so i think it is it is really really helpful to practice that motivational interviewing techniques and just learning how to communicate with people you can have all the knowledge but if you can't communicate with someone you can't then get your point across and build that build that rapport it's very much human to human it's not a counseling session or you know coercing someone to to give you what they what you want but it is just being a human discussing human needs and conditions and all that sort of stuff so i don't think it's you don't have to overly complicate that it's just yeah hearing like you say you need to listen and then as a a sort of a mature student obviously Mm. things have changed in how education is delivered over the last sort of few years 
how have you felt it's been? Because it's, it's, it's still this blended learning approach of mixture of face-to-face, virtual. How have you found? I'm thankful that I haven't had to study through lockdown. Um, I think particularly in podiatry, you need people to practice with. And um, yeah, I, I feel grateful that I hadn't done the course a year <laughs> earlier to be to be frank yeah. um but I think there have been elements that have come through that are actually useful um the the online lectures can be of benefit particularly when fuel prices are so high I live at home so I'm having to commute into um university for lectures and some of those there's no benefit to be physically in a lecture you can still ask questions um through teams um so i think it's best of both of us i think through lockdown we have actually inherited some good practices and some useful um changes that can kind of bring us into the future a little bit more we've got the technology might as well use it 100 percent, and we found that uh, that incorrect with you can have that blended learning approach where you're delivering information you can do that Mm. virtually but then actually then a case of well actually think about how do you implement this into practice can then you can then still do that virtually over video with with physical live demonstrations or you do it in Mm -hmm. face-to-face i think it now allows people to make learning more accessible so if there are like if you've got one of the children off sick or something you can't go in you know you can still get some of that learning remotely from yeah and also you can re-listen to podcasts or yeah you know a, a pre-recorded lecture um so i think i taking maybe 20 percent of what's being said not because i'm rubbish but just because i'm a human um to be able to re-listen slow it down speed it up fast yeah. forward the, all of those options to have that available um is really helpful yeah. and enhances my learning experience uh, in my um, opinion all my audiobooks i now listen on 1.3 times speed mm. so it just speeds it up slightly if you've got an eight hour eight hour audiobook it then can yeah. save a, a good chunk of time so you've obviously been able to see some patients here where you've actually started them at the start of the journey mm-hmm. and you can then see them they won't be at the end of their journey but they'll be a good significant way way through mm-hmm. How's it been seeing the changes in people as when they come in from between appointment and appointment? I think the diversity of the people it's seeing is is quite interesting. You know, you can have somebody that's very motivated into their exercises, fully on board straight away, whereas you've got the, you know, more sedentary, um, never done exercise, scared to think of even a gym all of those sort of things um older patients younger patients all of the diversity that you can imagine yet to see their journey from where they are to where they can be and for them to to for me to see their journey unfold um and for them to be coming up with their own solutions i think that's and it doesn't it's not dependent on that a type of person it's a type you know it's all we're all, all individuals yeah we're all different and this is what i love so. about my job is that you get to see the light bulb moments in people you get yeah. to see them 
come in where they're a little deflated because they can't do what they want and then you show them they <clears throat> can do it and they are okay and you mm. see the change as they start getting excited because they start doing more and more and then they start realizing actually i can get to a point where i can do this all mm. myself because our aim is to educate and teach our patients on how to then manage their problems because a lot of the time if you've got something like arthritis just doing some exercises for 12 weeks will help but you mm. still need to find out how you're going to maintain doing that yes yeah, giving forward. skills for that person to be able to take control of their own health and uh well-being so i think that's it's really lovely to see that journey unfold and it starts from their baseline so where they're at it's not a dose of exercise that's no. just given handed out to everybody it's very individualized um and looks very different depending on the patient that you're seeing um, and yeah, I mean, that's taught me loads about how to firstly motivate someone, find their baseline and also think of the function of exercise and yep. kind of burst those bubbles around what exercise looks like and the identity and the image that's created Yeah, around doing strength work. You don't always have no. to be in the gym. You no. can do plenty of stuff at home using bags for life and yeah. And pea shingle, sand. Yeah, yeah pea shingle. Baked bean. David's on a, a pea shingle yeah. sort of. <laughs> he loves his pea shingle. <laughs> I think it's great because you can like buy a 20 bag kilo pea shingle for under a fiver at the moment. Or so £3.50. £3.50. Says, oh, there yeah. we go. Um, so actually, if you look at it from a cost per kilogram, it's a lot, lot cheaper than buying yeah. weights. <laughs> it's a, and it a, fits into someone's day. It's not yeah. something they have to go and invest bags of time and effort. It's it's just there, accessible. You can sit at your desk and do some certain exercises if time's a particular limited function, you know, thing. And this person. is exactly why we will say that we could see 10 patients with an Achilles problem in clinic, but everyone's journey is different mm. for it. No one goes on the same journey because we've all got different barriers and preconceptions and goals and motivational um, things that motivate us. And it just goes back to what you said earlier on spending that time to getting to know that person because then you can then build the right plan for that right in, individual. Um, it's, we've, um, I think we're way past the old, cookie cutter approach of handing someone a bit of paper and everyone gets the same thing because we know that will work for a small percentage but the majority of people you just won't get the outcome that you that you need from it and mm. yeah that's just not gonna not gonna do anyone any any good mm. so after you finish placement here in two weeks yep. what's next um straight back into academia so then i've got chronic condition unit and yep. um healthy discussions which i feel i've kind of had a bit of a um advancement being here i feel like <laughs> i've had an extra helping hand on that one uh yeah so straight back to university um and then starting dissertations i guess yeah come after easter and then so. by july next year I'll be, be free. Done. You'll be fr a fully qualified oh, But I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. I, I, oh, it, the way I describe it, it's like, it's like learning to drive. Once you've passed your test, you've, your driving test, you have passed a baseline that's saying you are safe to mm. drive. But actually, I think you really learn to drive once you've passed your test. And I think mm. it's with, the same with most jobs, especially in healthcare and podiatry is, you've got your good baseline knowledge now your learning really starts and actually well and then you can then start to learn about actually 
this area excites me more yeah. than this area here. Obviously, we're biased. We prefer the, the musculoskeletal side of things here, but there are so many different avenues that you can go down. You've got the surgery, the pediatrics, the diabetes, the rheumatology. Pediatrics. Everything. Sports. There's so many options mm. of variety that I think a career as a podiatrist can can give you. But the, the MSK way is the best way, but maybe a smidge. <laughs> a bit biased on may, that one, maybe. Maybe a smidge, <laughs> maybe a little bit biased. Yeah, maybe. On there. So mm. I just want to say um, thank you for coming on, having a chat, and just sort of telling your story on how you get there. And it's been it's been a real pleasure having you here at Clinic. You ask really good, sensible questions, and I'm sure you all go go far. And if you ever need to bend our ear about something, we'll always... Always here to answer any questions. I'm not gone yet. No, no, you still got another two weeks. I've got another two, two and weeks. And we got Josie's on Friday. Yay. Yeah, there we go. I even placement knew what Josie's was. I was like, yes, Pla- I need to be in that placement. Well, I think yeah. it is. You have picked a really good time to come on placement. I think there are going to be three Josie's in total during the time here on And a lot more learning. It's paediatrics and stuff we're doing. Yeah, we've got... Um, um, Friday. We've got a colleague, James Welsh. We're basically doing a, a shared education day where he's going to come give us a half a day update on um, pediatrics and we're going to give him a half a day update on managing musculoskeletal injuries so mm. we sort of said look just come to clinic we'll get some lunch in and let's just have a day of fun and learning and and that's what it's mm. all about Shame it's not half term this week because i could have brought all my children in yeah <laughs> the guinea pigs i have a variety of ages <laughs> yeah. so once again thank you thank you Haley. so please do subscribe to the podcast if you have any questions for myself then please do get in contact and we shall see you on the next episode see you later bye